to the Women's Playbook. We're broadcasting live every Thursday from New York City to connect and inform women entrepreneurs because I believe being equal doesn't mean being the same. In fact, recent research confirms there are hardwired and biological gender differences as well as the more familiar cultural ones in the ways men and women do business. So to me, it makes sense to focus on women entrepreneurs especially now that women are starting businesses faster than men are in the U.S. Indeed, around the globe, women are having greater and greater influence, and uh, uh, they were expected by 2020 to be three-quarters of a billion, that's B, billion, um, new enterprises in in, uh, worldwide uh, business. So that's why the Women's Playbook also looks into the growing she economy, the worldwide economic impact of women as consumers and investors, not just owners. Every show has news and lessons for anyone, male or female, who's pursuing strategies for success in today's global markets. My name is Joanna Croats. I've been reporting on women's leadership and small business owners for years as a multimedia journalist and featured columnist on MSN, a national magazine editor at Time, Inc., and I also run my own business. So every day I live and work with the same challenges as my listeners and my guests. You can learn about past shows and what's up at my Facebook page, The Women's Playbook with Joanna L. Croats, at my Twitter page, at Joanna L. Croats. You can find updates, contact info, and show podcasts from the past to download at my website, womensplaybook.com. If you have any comments you'd like to be on the show or suggest ideas, email me, info at womensplaybook.com, or send me a tweet. This week... I'm delving into the overlooked and lucrative opportunities to be found in targeting older women customers and markets. My guests today are both serial entrepreneurs who have each started several businesses. First, there's makeup artist and hairstylist Nancy Beltrandi, who's just launched a line of makeup for older women, and then Frida L. Thomas, an award-winning business coach with special expertise in helping entrepreneurs grow and increase sales. Just first, I'd like to put some money in numbers where my mouth is and report on the opportunities represented by older women customers that few marketers are noticing. Current generations of American women are the most affluent, healthiest, and best educated in history. history. Younger women, millennials and Gen X, currently are earning more educational degrees than their male counterparts. But it's boomer women, born 1946 to 1963, and their moms from the World War II generation who have both the education and a lot more dough. Many boomer women have household incomes of $100,000 or more every year annually. The latest IRS figures report more than 4 out of 10 of the nation's top nearly 3 million wealth holders are women, with top wealth defined as $1.5 million in assets without home equity. Assets of these nearly, nearly 1 million top wealthiest women are valued at over $5 trillion. That's about 42% of the total $12 trillion of all top wealth holders. And here's the juicy part. More than a third, 35% of the women in this top wealth group are older, age 50 to 65. Generally, in the U.S., the over-50 market of men and women, according to the AARP, consists of a whopping 100 million consumers who generate an astounding $7 trillion in annual goods and services. And they're interested in special in, in health. Their special interests are health, exercise, leisure travel, internet shopping, and digital gadgets. Not what you might expect. And let's just unbundle those co-ed numbers to look at the women. 
Women account for more than 80% of all consumer spending in this country, more than 8 out of 10 of all items purchased. It's women in overwhelming numbers who are buying everything from cosmetics that you'd expect to computers and cars as well. They're ringing up cash registers to the tune of a dramatic $3.7 trillion every year. Older women are also working longer than ever before. The participation rate of women in the workforce ages 55 to 59 was roughly 50%, half in 1975, and it's zoomed up to 67%, 50 to 67 in 2013. So most of that money is earned, but they're also inheriting. Women live about five years longer than men do on average. They tend to marry men older than themselves, and they remarry less frequently after a spouse dies. That means every year, more and more money is flowing into the control of women, and that's older women. Certainly, some specialty marketers have noticed older women's wealth effect. The financial services industry, for instance, brokerage houses, portfolio managers, what have you, they are lining up to woo older women. After that, it gets kind of cliche and out of step. Older women are the targets of hearing aid marketers, watches with big hands and numbers, you know, like toddlers who don't know how to tell time, pharmaceuticals, the Giza girl beat goes on. Some cosmetics companies are marketing anti-aging creams and lotions and doing pretty well with that. But I can't really say such products are marketing style or luxury or rewards for older women. The marketing messages are rather designed to make women feel pressured and guilty if they don't buy the things that are going to hold back the tide. Marketers who are getting smart about the opportunities and who have positive rewards in their messages are profiting big time. Think about all the e-readers and digital tools, Amazon Kindle, iPad Travel, restaurant apps. Clearly, older women customers are more active, stylish, and lucrative than out-of-date marketers believe. So entrepreneurs who always are a lot more nimble than the big companies and who typically stay closer to their customers have an opportunity to appeal to this demographic before the big multinationals do. Which brings me to my first guest, Nancy Beltrandi. Nancy's an international makeup artist and hairstylist. She's worked extensively in all the world fashion capitals, including London, Paris, Milan, New York. Her worldwide projects include magazine photo shoots, haute couture fashion shows, music tours, press junkets, public speaking, product endorsements, image consulting, and fashion and beauty workshops. And her client base includes everyone who cares about looking a certain way and being at their best in public, including supermodels, celebrities, actors, rock stars, athletes, politicians, CEOs. Nancy has worked fashion shows for Georgia Armani, Betsy Johnson, Calvin Klein. Her TV work has included Good Morning America, The Today Show, MTV, and The Late Show with David Letterman, so morning to night. And her magazine shoots run the gamut of top-shelf publications, including Elle, Essence, GQ, Rolling Stone, Vanity Fair, Harper's Bazaar. Her A-list celebrity clients have also been top-tier, including Halle Berry, Naomi Campbell, Tom Cruise, Jeff Daniels, Derek Jeta, Laura Linney, Keith Richards, Brooke Shields, and more. I have a feeling she's not going to dish these people, though. And she's been a master colorist and stylist at New York's most exclusive salons, like Roger Thompson at Barney's, Pierre Michel at the Plaza when that was open, and Bumble and Bumble, which, of course, is now a nationwide brand. Recently, Nancy decided to combine her experience, skills, and expertise 
to develop and launch a line of cosmetics for women over 40 called Beauty Bee. That's B-E-A-U-T-Y-B-E dot net for more information, beautybee.net. Its focus, she says, is primarily on enhancement rather than makeup, which gives women a special comfort level. And that's an interesting point to make. So welcome, Nancy. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for coming. Thanks for inviting me. (laughs) So how did you learn your craft? I uh, arrived in New York in 1983, and I was lucky enough to have a very good friend who was already established as a makeup artist. So in those days, it was easier to get started in this business of working on photo shoots by being an assistant. So I did that for two years, and then I took myself to Europe. I started, lived two years in Milan and worked. Uh, Then I went to Germany for one year, and then I went to London for a year, and I worked on photo shoots there and came back with a substantially sized portfolio. And uh, then an agent here in New York took me on, and I got my real start working and making money. Always the case for a business. Right? <laughs> and when did uh, when did it scale up to get to the celebrity level? And you know, how did that work? Is it just word of mouth? How do you grow a business into such a, um, a stature? Well, you know the old expression: you can lead a horse to water. Um, an agent will introduce you, put you in a job, give you a job for the first time. If the client, let's say it's a magazine. Uh, the editor of the magazine, if she likes you, you get rebooked. If it's a celebrity um, and the celebrity likes you, they feel comfortable with you, you get rebooked. Uh, I had a lot of success with celebrities because I knew how to do my work, do it well, do it quickly, and give them the respect of privacy. And because of that, I was often asked back to do jobs with many celebrities. And are they all difficult or are they all the, no. That's, that, that's a question that everyone has asked me, everyone. And um, I don't really have any horror stories. Um, I wish I did. I would share them, but um, they aren't. Um, it's, you know, you create the situation. And as a professional, um, how I describe my, um, my approach, and I was very, I'm a very good listener, and that's very important. Uh, it's important to listen to celebrities, and it's important to listen in business to all people. And that's what I do. That's a good point. So are there pros and cons to the way makeup has evolved and style? Obviously, you have to be very au courant, especially if you're doing magazine work. And so it must be, it must have changed a lot over the years. Uh, there's pros and cons, but there's the pros and cons are that when you're working with people, no matter who they are, celebrity or a real person, you have to remember they're all human. Everyone has fears. Everyone has anxiety. Everyone has an idea of how they should look. And it's my job to listen to them, to work with them, to satisfy their needs and to make them look good. And so when you don't think that they have a good opinion, (laughs) (laughs) when what they want is, for some reason, not right. What do right. you do? Well, because this is, to me, this is a paradigm for business generally when you're working with a client, right? This isn't just a celebrity or makeup. This is about trying to do a service for a client who 
may have an idea in his or her head, but doesn't necessarily know as well as you do what's appropriate. That happens a lot. That happens a lot with people in general. Um, as I said, I think it's very important to gain a person's, a client's trust. And I'm very good at that because I listen, I validate what they're saying. But instead of insisting or saying, I know better, which I do, uh, <laughs> I suggest, I say, let's try this. Let's try that. If you don't like it, we can try X. And that I'm pretty successful at that. Also, of course, you have credibility. You've been working with them for a while or you, for the past half, half hour, whatever it is. So there's a certain trust that, that's built up. And that, too, is something that is leveraged across the board in terms of businesses. We're going to take a, a short break. And when we come back, I want to talk to Nancy about how she started doing workshops um, for young women and then eventually leading into what made her start this makeup line. We'll be right back. This is The Women's Playbook. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Bonjour, this is Dominique de Coq. Bonjour, c'est Tamara Zuboff. Bonjour, c'est Asania Kone. We are hosting Pardon My French New York City. Our guests come from all over the world. From Mali to New Caledonia, from Paris to Quebec. French is a common language, yet they all come from different cultures, backgrounds or countries. And their common desire is to make New York their home. Listen to them share their stories. Join us at Pardon My French New York City every Monday from 1 to 2 p.m. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant. Helping conscious people be better business people. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. back. This is the Women's Playbook. We're talking about OWM, that is the older women markets, and how lucrative and brimming with opportunity they are. My first guest, Nancy Beltrande, is an international hair and makeup artist. And I'm talking to her about a new launch that she's doing for her uh, for makeup for older women, that market that we're delving into. So one of the things that happened was that Nancy began doing workshops uh, around the, around New York City, and mostly for young women, but also in um, also other women, yeah, not just young ones. And that led to this idea. I started doing workshops for teens because I felt teens were so affected by the media-driven messages, and um, I thought I um, could help them, which I did. 
So I taught them about their facial structure, their hair type, their skin type. Um, I went into body shapes, what would look good on them in spite of what is trendy and, and popular. And um, after working with teens, the mothers would come and pick them up and say, why didn't my mother ever teach me this? And um, I never knew that. So I did quite a few workshops for uh, Columbia University, the New York Public Libraries, and um, and then that kind of morphed into uh, my most popular workshop, which was Image Upgrade. I did it with a professor uh, from um, um, a fashion uh, college here in New York, and um, it was about interviewing skills. It was about, in the first three seconds, what does someone think when they see you? And people do not realize that. Um, so I I have a checklist for myself, even when I'm going, even when I'm doing a makeup lesson, like what is uniquely positive about my my appearance? What am I doing that build builds confidence? Um, how do I how do I look? And what what does my potential client or buyer think of me? And I take everything that I do for myself and teach my client, whether it's Again, a celebrity, I might do it differently, but if it's a, cl- a client like you or I, I, I cut to the chase. <laughs> right. And you probably have to be extremely responsive to their, you know, any little eyebrow lifting is like, because mm-hmm. people get intimidated about talking about their appearance, I think. They do. Yeah. When, when, when I have a makeup lesson, when I give a makeup lesson, when they sit down at the table, there's no makeup. And I make a point of that because I sit down, I talk to them, I find out about their lifestyle. Every woman, almost every woman over 40 has been sideswiped, sold goods that they got home. Once they got home, they couldn't use them. They didn't like them and they looked terrible. Every woman tells me this. That's why I created a makeup line that works. They're colors that work on older women, their product, the consistency, the colors, the application. I have a very comprehensive makeup lesson. My customer service is superb. It's superb. And I let them call me. I let them email me. If they're really struggling, they get they can come back and I give them a 10-minute appointment. Um, but again, every woman that I have had said that I did a 75-year-old woman last week and she looked at me and she said, no one's ever told me this. I've spent a fortune on makeup. And this is a demographic. They don't want to look like the model in the magazine. Right. They, they want to look their best. And what my job is to find out what their best means. That's why I feel my communication, my trust, and my ability to listen are probably the, the three most important components of my success. Like any business. Yes. So, so tell me what the challenges were in moving from, for years, you had an extremely successful and high visibility uh, position and career as a service business. And now, do, 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 into products, right? Mm-hmm. That's very different. You have mm-hmm. to go into manufacturing and quality control and all kinds of distribution. It's a very, very different business. How, how challenging was that? Half the time, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> like any entrepreneur? I, I don't know what I'm doing. I know my product. I know how to sell it. Um, I'm uh, op- soon opening up a store on Amazon, uh, which will be a big deal. Um, well, that's good because, you know, women are much more likely to be e-commerce buyers than men are. Yes, yes. Um, a lot of it's learning as I go. Um, I have a few very good mentors, and I sought out advice from people who know more than I do. Um, 
I ask questions. Like I said, um, I, I just hired two people and that's costing me. That's, that's a stretch. But, that is a stretch when you're starting up. But I can't do it alone. No. I, I, I already tried it. I cannot do this alone. I need their help. Well, that's strategic because when you invest in being able to, to, to hire people to help, it, leave, it frees you up to do the important stuff. So you're not just mopping the floors and whatever that you know, metaphor means. Or administrative work, spending six, of, six hours of my day. Right. No, I'm the front person. It's my product. I can sell it. I know most best about it. And I want to be out there. Well, that, that also harks back to the first, very first show we did, which had to do with the Goldilocks syndrome, and that's the tendency of women to do it all on their own because they're bootstrapping or because they won't delegate. So kudos to you for, Thank you. for, Thank for you. being able to do that. And why older women? Is it the, was it the moms from the workshops that really did that? that- no, I just, um, I think it's my, my life, my career experience and life experience. Um, when I worked on photo shoots all the time, I did a lot of women who were older. Um, and I am over 40, but 41 and a half. Um, <laughs> um, I just, I, I know that most women have had this experience. Yeah. And um, most women don't want to look and are aware and smart enough to know that they can't look at that like that model in the magazine, but they want to look their best. I, I also, this is a little catty on my part, but I have also noticed that women tend to retain the same hairstyle and similar makeup that they were wearing when they were in college. And they don't evolve very well. So, and I, I mean, I've seen that among women of my acquaintance, and it takes a while to figure out okay, this is, I'm no longer a sophomore at UPenn or wherever, you know, you have to, you have to own your age. Yeah. I, I address that. And I feel like, I feel that I am in a position to address, address that because I've had uh, 30 years experience working on photo shoots and I am over 40. Yeah. And And I talked to 40 and a half. Yeah. I talked to them as I talked to myself. Right. And these are facts. These are facts. The things that I tell people are facts straight out. So does this make the, the, the product different? Is it, is it creamier? Is it different color? Is it it's softer colors? What, what, it, what is it? The moisturizer is not heavy so that it doesn't accent lines. The blushes are lighter in color. The um, mascara has what I call um, a pre-mascara treatment, which is called Lash Lingerie. And um, the eyeshadows are lighter. So everything's softer. Yeah. It's softer. It's lighter. All the lipsticks are sheer neutral. Um, but there's reds, there's, there's wine colors and there, and there's pale colors. And it's for across the board for diversity for yes. women of color and all, all kinds of different. Yes. Women. Yeah. Yes. And then, um, where do you expect to do, where's your market? Because I, I have heard that you want to be in mass market. Is that the case? I want a mass market. Um, there are enough high end really good cosmetic companies out there. Mm-hmm. Right now, I would like to mass market. Where I have a few ideas, um, big, big chain department stores throughout the United States. Right, and that will come. But but also, obviously, e-commerce as well. And e-commerce. Um, I have a very good, somebody's helping me a great deal on Amazon. I honestly don't know if that will work, but I'm doing everything he says. And sometimes... I think, what is he saying? 
This doesn't make sense, but I'm listening. I do everything he says. If it doesn't work out in the end, it doesn't work out. Right. You'll take the advice and see what happens. And do you presume you'll be at a similar price point, just say Revlon or Maybelline or something like that? Or is it little above or little below? Where do you... you The unique um, aspect of my product is that it's above Revlon and drugstore, but it's under department store. Mm -hmm. So kind of Target would be... Mm. A little more stylish, but perhaps not nowadays. Target's having perhaps. a lot of trouble these days. But other well, than I, that. I'm thinking more in terms of Walmart. Uh huh. Okay. And what would success look like to you? Maybe a year or two years from now. Just you're 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 just success would would be that having a team behind me to do all the work that I don't do and I don't want to do people who are experts in these different areas and that I would be up front, out front, out there, and um, the dollars would start to roll in. Yeah, that's the good part, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> to get that revenue rolling. And and distribution and, and um, sales probably will come over time as you, as you ramp up. I assume that you're going to be looking into getting help with that as well. Hopefully. Yeah. And yes, I am getting help. Yeah. I, I ask for help. um what what's it feel like to if if you stop working one-to-one again you have been very hands-on with clients i keep thinking this transition because i've been through it um this transition of going from being an artisan of some kind very handcrafted very one-to-one and intimate into not so much the products but you have to back up and say this is going to be like this one this is going to be like this one it's not one of a kind anymore and it seems to me that's a that's a perception shift i would like to w- have a warehouse <laughs> full, full full of products a warehouse the size of chelsea piers and have 25 people filling orders and shipping every day right. so you don't have the issues i have <laughs> uh-huh not at all not at all and um do you see yourself continuing the client um, kind of business, the one-to-one, or is it just a matter of how much revenue and how much ramping up you do? Will you ever give that up? I see myself training people. Oh, of course. To do that. Uh-huh. And the workshops as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So five years from now, you're going to be king, queen of Walmart, I, I presume. Five years of no- from now, I'll have a house in Paris, London, Milan. Um <laughs> New York and Martha's Vineyard. I understand about that. And the workshops are going to continue. And you said that the the mission statement really fuels what you're doing. Do you want to tell us what the mission statement is? My mission statement is, well, it's my tagline. Are you ready to look your best? Mm -hmm. Which is you will do, you will, you will execute on that. And we'll do this together. Right. Okay. We're going to take a second break and um, we'll be back shortly talking to Frida Thomas, who's an award-winning business coach. And um, just stay with us. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Hi, I'm Austin Marola. And I'm Sloan Wainwright. We're the hosts of the new Thursday morning show, The Music Power Power Hour, Hour. at 11 a.m. We're going to have fun. And shine the light on all aspects of music. And its limitless healing possibilities. We're going to invite artists to share their songs and play live. We'll be listening and talking about great music from yesterday to today. So you're invited to share in our musical conversation. Your ears will be delighted with the sound of music. And our voices. Join Austin and Sloan live Thursdays at 11 a.m. 
11 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Hi, this is Joanna Croats at The Woman's Playbook on TalkingAlternative.com. Join us every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. We're talking about the rising she economy and about women entrepreneurs and their growth, their triumphs, and the businesses they run, which is different than the way men run businesses. Every Thursday, 12 to 1 p.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. It will help you start, run, and grow your business. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Hi, this is the Women's Playbook. We're back talking about OWM, Just Say OM, or Older Women Markets. My next guest this hour is Frida L. Thomas. She's been a hands-on strategic business coach and advisor for more than two decades. Her company website is Consult, and then her initials, FLT, Frida L. Thomas, consultflt.com. She has deep expertise in developing, directing, and implementing plans to help entrepreneurs build the businesses of their dreams. Her services run the table of entrepreneurial need, including growth management and helping leaders and teams improve performance. Frida is particularly adept at solving problems and motivating organizations out of their comfort zone so they think out of the box. She says her sweet spot is in improving company performance by showing owners and CEOs how to increase annual revenue by as much as hold the phone, 300%. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That was Frida. Frida also introduces ideas that are easy to execute so companies aren't resisting and they can reach their objectives while gaining improved cash flow, greater efficiency, and of course, more effective operations, not to mention that revenue stream. Very important. So Frida has been certified by New York State as a business advisor She's been named Entrepreneur of the Year by the Small Business Center in New York City. Interestingly, she's been a recipient twice of SBA or Small Business Administration loans. And that means she thoroughly understands the often Byzantine process of securing government small biz funding. She can steer you through the maze. She's also, therefore, a skilled writer of business plans, RFPs, grants, loan packages, all that 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 menu (laughs) that you need to know to get results. Oh, yeah, and one more thing. Frida also went back to school mid-career to earn her MBA, which tells you something of her determination and perseverance as well as sharpening skills. So welcome, Frida. Thank you, Joanna. It's great to be here. It is. It's good you're here. I appreciate it. So how do you turn a prospect into a customer? Um understand and listen. Everything that Nancy said 
really makes for building a successful enterprise. Because if you are not touching exactly what your customers' needs are, if you aren't responding to them in a critical manner, you will not engage them. So I can't stress the importance of listening, being able to discern whether or not what they are articulating is critical to their success or not. Because as she said, oftentimes they think they need one thing. In actuality, they don't need that. So bringing them to a place to understand that I want to help you marriage and bridge the gap between what you think you know and what you don't know is critical. It's also delicate. It is. <laughs> it's a dance. I bring the picture to mind that when I'm trying to prospect, there's a devil on one shoulder and there's the angel on the other. So somewhere in between having a particular way of informing them and talking to them that embraces where they are while simultaneously taking them to that next stage so that they can be prepared to be as successful as they possibly can be is most essential. And also what happens, I mean, entrepreneurs are not the most malleable of people, right? They, they tend to dig in their feet. They tend to be stubborn. They tend to be ornery. They tend to know, I know best. This is, wow, this is my baby. I know my business. How do you overcome that, that resistance and that kind of, I mean, I call it a certain arrogance, but it's also what drives entrepreneurs. It's also what makes them successful. Right. Well, I would say that for the most part, the clients that are working with me, are malleable because they have had enough experience to realize I know what I don't know. And if I don't bring in someone who is informed and experienced, I'm going to continue having the same kind of challenges that I've been having for years. So I'll share with you a situation. I have a client in Little Rock, Arkansas, multi-million dollar company, and they were not engaging social media. I met them by presenting a webinar through a lobbying group. And I do that oftentimes to encourage uh, new clients. And they were listening in and I had a call to action at the end of the presentation where I offered social media services. This company, as I said, financially very, very successful, but immediately while I was still on the air during the webinar, they were calling me to say, we don't know anything about social media. We're in construction. We're so ready. We understand that if we're going to be competitive, if we're going to stay in this business, we have to embrace social media. We have to start thinking in terms of alliances with our vendors and our suppliers, and we're going to build that gap and bridge the gap through social media. It's, that's probably another whole show that I've put in the back my back pocket, but I, I, I not that this isn't instructive, but I, I find social media overwhelming and sometimes it's just a lot of noise, but when it's done right, when it's done well, and that's of course your job. So, so how do you gain the skills that you have um, to be able to help such a, a broad horizon of different kinds of businesses? Obviously, some things are the same. There's customers, there's revenue, there's growth, but 
But all those things coalesce in very different ways, depending on what industry and what kind of business it is. How do, how do you develop the kind of skills that you have? Well, I've owned three companies. Yeah, I was going to get to that because <laughs> you remember at the outset, I said both of you are serial entrepreneurs. Yes. I, w- I was going to get to later, but this is an opportune time. Both of you and Nancy and Frida started greeting card businesses. Wow. See, I left something for a surprise. Isn't that interesting? Really? Both designers, actually. It's, so Wow. So how much money did you make, Frida? A Just whole joking. lot of money. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I made so much money at one time, I called my mentor and I said, I don't know what to do with this money. I wish I had known you. <laughs> Are you busy for dinner tonight? <laughs> we'll talk, Nancy. <laughs> so, so you yes. had start, obviously started a very successful business as well. And Nancy yes. has other businesses that are successes, apparently, the greeting card. I mean, yours was way early on. I think the difference, one of the differences would certainly be that electronic messaging has gotten in the way of analog messaging. And when you were doing your business, it was before. Right. Oh, social media. <laughs> exactly. All of that. So um, in reference to your questions, how did I develop the, the skills. skills that to counsel and coach people through various industries? Um when I owned, so the greeting card company was the second company. And as a result of uh, the entrepreneurship award, I made all the local newspapers. And then people, organizations started calling me saying, can you come teach? Econo- I worked with economic development cores, uh, business outreach centers throughout New York. And I started doing seminars and the seminars gave me access to business owners through every industry. So I learned how to develop and hone my skills as a seminar developer, as a facilitator based on that exposure. And obviously it helps if you've owned a company. Yes, it does. Right. And you're coaching people and not to say anything against coaches, and but most of them have never scaled a business. Most of them have never hired people. Most of them have never transitioned from their apartment to going out and securing leasehold space and warehouses and negotiating the commercial lease and having an electrician come in and do the wiring for your lighting and all of those kinds of things. So by virtue of my being in the trenches with my own business, uh, businesses, it helped inform how I counsel. And as I shared with you when you and I had coffee, uh, that second business went from the highest highs to the lowest lows. And I had to literally, because of that, I've learned how to counsel people to close. Huh? Yeah. Because you have to, you get thrown down you have to get up again, or you go into a slump. Or the IRS is going to come put a padlock on your office and you need to take your assets out now. Yeah. Not a good sign when the IRS shows up. Yes. But Sometimes it happens, mm-hmm. right? So by I'm hoping birth- not, <laughs> right? <laughs> we, we don't claim that, but to your point of how the how is, thank God I didn't have to go through that, but I came very close to it and I suffered loss so I can counsel loss. 
also you have you you had to find what it meant to be resilient and and succeed after absolutely that. yeah yes T- tell me some things that um, are thematic in terms of the mistakes that entrepreneurs make as they're growing their business if there are I imagine there are characteristic kinds of mistakes well the first thing that comes to mind is working in silos so I'm really thrilled to hear that as Nancy makes this transition she's reaching out to informed leadership and oftentimes entrepreneurs will tell me about mentors who are jaded oh dear not so, a good sign. Right. So these are people who have maybe had some level of success in business, but they're sour and they're passing that on. So I would say silos is an issue and then connecting with people who are not necessarily in your best interest. So if I'm going to be successful, I and I say this all the time, whenever I speak, if I want to be a millionaire and everybody says they want to be a millionaire, I need to surround myself with millionaires. Hmm. I need to know what cash flow looks like as a millionaire. I need to understand the expenditures that are associated with millionaire status. I need to understand what my tax implications are going to be as well. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. I, I, I'm, I'm not hanging out with enough millionaires. It's <laughs> clear to me that this is something I have to rectify. But how do you, um, actually, I was thinking when, as you were speaking, how do you, how do you know, aside from yourself, how do you know a good coach when you see one? Ask great questions. Like, like what? So I would start off the kind of questions that people ask me are, well, tell me how much revenue did your last client generate as a result of working with you? Mm-hmm. Where did they start and where did they end? How many new clients did they attract under your tutelage? How much experience have you had in my industry? Right. And what happens if we don't achieve the benchmarks that we set? Uh-huh, that's a good one. Right. Do you get paid? <laughs> yes. But I always qualify in in order to make sure that the person has the capability of doing what I'm going to ask them to do. Mm-hmm. So there's less probability of failure. It's also a very young field. I mean, there have not been business coaches uh, in a, in an official capacity. I mean, the people have always had mentors, right? But people who hang out a shingle and say, "Okay, I'm going to fix, I'm going to retool or grow up your business," this is a fairly young field, and like any young field, has a lot of, um, I guess, maturity, <laughs> and a lot of people who think they know what they're doing. So it seems to me there's there's a lot of um, possibility to be taken in by people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I say to people, do your homework with everything you do, right? So if I could just plug for myself, I took the time at 47 years of age to go back to school and earn a master's in business. Yes, that MBA. Right. And I did that because I wanted to have a competitive edge in this field. And beside the fact that I had real world experience, that education helped propel the access that I have to the kinds of clients where I can prepare valuations for their company. Business valuation. Right. Yeah. Business valuation. I can introduce them to investors because I know 
from my education what those investors are looking for. Okay, thanks. We're going to take our uh, last break of the hour, and then when we come back, we'll talk more about um, what makes a customer loyal. Looking forward to it. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day. Hi, we're back. Muttering to myself. <laughs> Uh, this is the Women's Playbook, and we're talking to Frida Thomas and Nancy Beltrande about uh, OWM, OM, Older Women Markets. When we uh, last uh, talked to Frida just before the break, I was wondering about how you keep customers loyal because we all know that it costs a lot more to acquire new customers than it does to actually sell the customer you have. And there's dozens of different loyalty programs nowadays, especially because of technology. Buy three, you get four. Um, show up at the store at 6 p.m. because you're a uh, valued customer. We'll give you a discount. I mean, time after time, all kinds of things. And and it seems to me it's very noisy now in terms of trying to get a customer to be loyal. It used to be you just said, howdy, Mrs. Smith, and that was it, right? <laughs> right. Because you recognize that person. Right. What, what would your advice be about that? So on the product side, I would say to definitely – uh, make sure you have a CRM, a customer relationship management system. So you are gathering critical information at the point that they purchase. And that critical information could be anniversary. It might be birthday. It might be something about the consistency of their spending habits so that you can anticipate 
what type of coupon you want to send them going forward. Right. Like they purchase in the first 10 days of the month, usually. Right. Something like that. Right, right, right. And on the service side, there's the upsell. So the customer is more likely to purchase, to add on. Think about it like you're at McDonald's and you buy hamburger and they say, do you want fries and shake with that? Right. right. So it's the, it's the same kind of uh, system. So on the service side, the moment that you sign that contract, you're, you've already started thinking about, okay, we just signed you up for this. Given this in the next 30, 90 days, you're going to probably need this. I want you to start thinking about that and maybe in the next 10, 15 days, we want to think strategically about how we integrate the next enclave. So there's a natural progression to your growing and you're getting all of your needs met. Is that based on market research to figure out what kind of customer who would be the next generation customer? What, what does that mean exactly? So what I'm saying is, let, let me use my business. When I'm doing intake and I initially speak with a client, I ask them a prospect. I ask them a series of questions. And basically those questions are about the overall performance of the company and the kinds of things they'd like to achieve. Well, I also ask them, what are the three critical things that you'd like to solve within the next 30 to 90 days? Right. You can only solve so much. So they might say, I need to do this right now. I'm on fire kind of thing. And then this in the next 30 days. So the other things that they've mentioned in that intake, I'm already thinking come 90 days, I'm pitching, but you want to do it at the point that they sign the contract because that's when the purchaser is most likely to spend more. And so in your business, you would, you would inform them of these tiers or you'd wait until they're ready? I present the tiers when I present the package. So for me, there's a good, better, best, and good is 30 days, best is 90 days, and after that is 180 and above. And there are different price tiers, and each price tier offers more. There's a progression based on that information that I gathered in the intake. It's interesting to me because one of the things that I think about a lot has to do with service businesses. There's only so much time in a day. When you have a product, you can scale. You get greater, more and more product. You manufacture it. It's a widget. So right. you, can, you can reproduce it and, right. and, and scale that way. Right. Service businesses, unless you have clones or unless you're, especially as a small business owner, you're usually hired for the skills you have. Someone... Someone sees Nancy or has heard about her work and says, it's Nancy I want. I don't want her or someone she trained. I don't want an accolade. I want, I'm hiring Nancy. Right. And you only have those many hours in a day. So scaling a service business is, to me, really tricky. It's much easier nowadays because of technology. There's so much more efficiencies about that. But do you have any advice about how to, how to do that? Yeah, well, that gets back to what do the millionaires do? Oh, those people. Right. Yeah. And what they do is they have multiple sources of revenue coming in all of the time. Mm -hmm. So they're doing public speaking. They have white papers that you can download from their e-commerce and they have different price points focused on the sectors in which they serve.
So for me, wherein I'm focused on a very affluent kind of uh, business owner, I have books for startups on my e-commerce site. And if you go to my website, you're going to find downloadable information about how to write a business plan. Now, that's not my target. No, not at all. Right. But I understand that in order to have revenue coming in all of the time, I have to have enough resources that people can act on without my needing to execute. And they can get access to those resources any time of day, 24 hours a day. That's what the millionaires do. That's how they think. That's consultflt.com if you're looking for a business plan or a book for an on-ramp into the millionaire <laughs> territory. Thank you, Joanna. That's okay. That's all right. So um, do you see anything happening nowadays in, in a contemporary way? Again, social media, technology, is, the, is there something about businesses that are scaling up today that, that, we would not, we would, that would surprise us that you're dealing with? I love the technology growth in New York, and I am so thrilled to be able to work with so many fantastic uh, business owners who are immensely successful doing amazing technology innovation. And they are primed to grow and they are primed to be the kind of businesses that I can grow with because they have this perception that growth means I make $7 million in the next three to five years and I sell and I start another business and I start another business. And with that kind of client for me, there's opportunity for staff development. We moved into that arena. My company has moved into that arena now. Uh, there's opportunities to look at how do we scale the operation as the companies progress? What type of investors are going to be attracted to a technology company who in that first series did 10 million and now they're looking to do a hundred million. And am I the person to help with that progression? Or does that mean I need to go out and help them farm the resources in order to grow? Because there is a certain strata that I've reached as well. So it gives me an opportunity to experience how I'm going to grow in order to meet growth. Right. So I think it's just wonderful here in New York, throughout the country, uh, technology innovation, I think it's going to be the thing that is most exciting and provides the greater amount of uh, opportunities, whether you're on the product side or the service side. And there you have it. Technology is coming into Frida's life. So, <laughs> so young on, just to sum up, young women entrepreneurs are already figuring out that OWM, OWM markets are lucrative. The Olsen twins, Mary Kate and Ashley, they're now all of 27 years old and multi-million dollars away from full house, from, from full, full house which they were on, <laughs> um, have just expanded their eight-year-old successful high-end fashion line called The Row after Savile Row in London. And it's for older women. They debuted the designs this month at their first standalone store in L.A. Ashley said the intended customer was in her 40s or 50s, but it really could be any age. 
She's the woman that I know who's sophisticated, educated within the world of fashion. And then she went out of her way to name Lauren Hutton, who's now 70 years old. Wow. <laughs> as a prime customer. Wow. Another young entrepreneur looking to close the generation gap in fashion is Halsey Schroeder, who's a 28-year-old Harvard Business School graduate. And she launched an e-commerce fashion boutique for women over 40 called Halsbrook.com. That was last September. And her offerings are high end, more, more kind of middle high, 300 to $1,300 for dresses. So that's the leading edge for the older set, and it should set the pulse racing for all the entrepreneurs out there to think about older women markets. I want to say thanks so much to Nancy Beltrandi, to Frida Thomas, that's beautyb.net, consultflt.com, to um, be with us so we could learn more about their businesses and help us through the next uh, steps. Next week, leaning out, or my contrarian view of how women can really get ahead, and it's not about learning how to please male authority. Join us June 5, 12 to 1, and coming up in the next hour, Revival Radio Hour with Anthony Canello, a debut. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183 That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Hi, I'm Austin Marola. And I'm Sloan Wainwright. We're the hosts of the new Thursday morning show, The Music Power Power Hour. Hour. At 11 a.m. We're going to have fun. And shine the light on all aspects of music. And its limitless healing possibilities. We're going to invite artists to share their songs and play live. We'll be listening and talking about great music from yesterday to today. So you're invited to share in our musical conversation. Your ears will be delighted with the sound of music. And our voices. Join Austin and Sloan live Thursdays at 11 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. 
Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. TalkingAlternative.com 